the Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to all our listeners. This is the Business Buzz right here on VARFM 88.1. Uh, my name is Mdiwa Mob Justice Kavaz and I'll be your host for today's show, uh, keeping you informed, entertained and educated about the world of uh, business, uh, the economy and commerce until about 8 p.m. Who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you entertained, educated and intrigued. Uh, for today's show, it is the last Thursday uh, of uh, the month of February, uh, which means uh, in uh, business bus tradition, it's time. Uh, it's that time of the month where we take time to celebrate a young person in South Africa, 35 years and below, who is doing the things in uh, their particular field of endeavor. And uh, for today, it's going to be a very interesting one uh, because we have uh, Bongani uh, Frank Masilela in studio with us. Uh, he's an entrepreneur uh, and also considers himself to be a casual traveler and backpacker as well uh, so that's what uh, we that's who we're going to be talking to uh, he is uh, the chief executive officer at uh, Chimong, uh, which is a social enterprise that specializes in uh, debating public speaking consulting and leadership training um, so that's what we're going to be talking about uh, but before we get into all of that we're going to be getting into the business wrap the support of the show uh, where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business Business and economics news, and then we'll get into the state of your 100 rand in our Buffalo Index. Remember that you can uh, keep in touch with us, join in the conversation, um, yeah, tell us what you think of our brand new heavy or any of the topics raised on Facebook. We are VFM, that's Voice of Vits, and then you can also find our other Facebook page that is the Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VFM, and our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. And you can also find uh, our podcast on iono.fm uh, together with uh, our other content on vids.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So that's how the show is looking like. Uh, it's going to be quite an interesting one. As I said, we are here until 8 p.m. Otherwise, don't turn that down. This is the Business Buzz. You don't have to be a liker to like things. Oh, my God. So like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Facebook. And follow them in brackets, voice of this. <laughs> Business Rap with Ken Sweatman. It's time for us to get into the top trending business and economics news for the week. And on the line, we're joined by financial expert uh, Ken Sweatman to unpack some of these for us. Ken, how are you? I'm very well this evening, and yourself? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, I think just to start the discussion off, I'm sure that the last two days, all anything or anyone can talk about um, has been the budget. Um, what were your uh, takeaways from uh, this week's budget, and what stood out for you? Yeah, you're 100% right. The biggest business story of the week is obviously the budget speech. Um, I, I was amazingly surprised. Um, it was a very pro-growth budget, uh, which I suppose it was a little surprising because we should maybe be looking at austerity measures in, in South Africa. But yes, instead of uh, tax uh, rises like we expected, we, we all expected an increase in VAT yeah. and possibly an increase in personal tax. Instead, no increase in VAT and in fact a reduction in personal income tax, which was a great surprise to I think most people. But that was taken away from us by the usual increase in, in fuel tax. Um, and, of course, for those of us who like to have a drink now and again, an increase in the beer, wine, 
and, and spirits and, of course, cigarettes, uh, the, what we call the sin tax as well. So it was very much a, a give to back to the consumer with one hand and take away with the other. <laughs> but um, the biggest thing to, to take out of the budget was instead of trying to collect more tax, the, the, the minister was very... Uh, it was was trying to make the point of cutting back on on government expenditure. In other words, trying to reduce reduce government expenditure, yeah. and in fact, particularly in the government salary bill, uh, that that doesn't wash well with the unions, of course, particularly Kasatu and the and the government services unions. But um, what will happen there remains to be seen. But uh, Kasatu called it a declaration of war on on labour. So. Um, yeah, very interesting times coming up over the next uh, weeks and months, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, before we delve into Kosato's statements, because that has been a big talking point, um, I'm keen to hear your thoughts around uh, the give and take that you highlighted earlier on. Um, you know, you are not, you're not putting up um, taxes on the one hand, which means, I guess, consumers are saving, but at the same time, um, there's that increase on uh, sin taxes, for example. Um, the net effect of of uh, these policy decisions, will it really um, increase, um, I guess, revenue for the fiscus uh, or save revenue for the fiscus? I guess, essentially, will it actually put um, the fiscus in a better place? Well, well, where, where the, the, the minister is trying to save money for the fiscus is actually in cutting back of the government wage bill, which is already taking up almost one third of total government spending. What is sad, or what I found really sad about the budget is that he gave us a, a prediction of, of collections of taxes and a prediction of government expenditure. And once again, government is going to have to go into more debt to meet their expenditure. And that is going to increase debt payments as well. So the, 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 what they're throwing at us as, as personal consumers in the form of tax savings is really just a, a small bone. It's not going to make a great difference to to saving or, or on, on the, the government fiscus. But if he can get his government spending correct, if he can get his savings right, as he predicts, then that will make a great saving. And um, and that's where he's, he's pointing his, his arrow at the moment, is looking at savings on government expenditure rather than collecting more taxes. Because we really are, for want of a better term, taxed to death in South Africa. We, we are taxed as almost as much as we can be taxed. And collecting more taxes is, is not going to stimulate growth. And on the flip side, we need to stimulate growth as well in this country. So it was a fair budget. Um, difficult one to say whether the ratings agencies will like it or not. That time will tell over the next few weeks of that. But it was not a bad budget under the circumstances. We, we, we have to give the minister that, sir. Okay, so a fair budget, uh, that's what Ken is saying. But apart from, uh, I guess, the budget, is there anything else that's actually happened this week, um, I guess, in the markets or the economy um, that you'd like to highlight? Well, yes, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, you'll realize now in a minute, absolutely, our market has dropped drastically this, this week. A four and a quarter percent drop on Monday, another drop of just under three percent today. Our market has dropped by almost 7% this week alone. And that's got nothing to do with our budget. That has got to do with the threat of the coronavirus on world markets. It's not only the South African market, it's, it's world markets that have dropped very rapidly. And, and of course, the coronavirus, although fortunately we've not had any cases in South Africa, the, the, the China, who is one of the world's biggest economies, has had many cases. And, of course, it's affecting the Chinese economy, which comes across the whole of the world economy. So we've seen very, very poor markets over the last uh, two or three days. 
Um, on the flip side, the rand has, has weakened as well. And uh, it, it's not been a good time in the markets. Weakening rand, dropping markets. Yes, it's, it's, it's not been good news on that side. But uh, like I said, nothing to do with our budget, I'm afraid. Uh. Okay. So that's been us on the line with our financial expert, Ken Swettenham, um, highlighting the fact that um, this week's uh, budget uh, from Minister Tito Mboweni was um, quite fair, uh, especially since uh, the taxes weren't raised. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there was a give and take that was done there. So it was a fair budget. And he said that he was pleasantly surprised there. Uh, the big issue coming out as well being um, the cuts and uh, possible savings in the public sector wage bill up to 160 billion rand in uh, in in cuts on that side uh, so we wait and see how that's uh, how that's going to progress um the other thing he highlights is that uh, there's been a 7% drop in markets this week uh, totally unrelated to what's been going on with the budget uh, mainly to do with the coronavirus scare um, around the world that is affecting global markets so that's been it in terms of our business wrap on the other side of this we get into the state of your 100 rand business rap with ken sweatman the buffalo index on the business buzz it's time for us to tell you the state of your 100 rand in our Buffalo Index. And for today, um, since we have a man who specializes in debate, public speaking, uh, consulting, and uh, leadership training, we decided to just focus on one of these, um, which is uh, public speaking. And, uh, you know, for those that are not, uh, you know, that want to get or improve their own public speaking skills, um, your 100 rand can uh, get you maybe a fifth of a Toastmasters uh, membership uh, because that's around 500 rand uh, per half year and that's what it's looking like on on that side. Um, The other thing you could possibly do is to find yourself some public speaking classes and at the moment you might be able to get uh, three and a half buffaloes or 350 rand uh, could get you four hours um, in a mastering public speaking and communications course. Um, Otherwise uh, you know, for uh, 15 rand more, uh, around 3.6 buffaloes, you could uh, get 10 hours of training and get yourself a public speaking um, certificate. On the higher, higher, high, 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 high end, high end, if you want some uh, proper professional uh, public speaking classes, we're talking a real commitment in time. Um, you know, you're, you're really out there trying to uh, make speeches to the UN and the like, you might find yourself, uh, you know, paying 210 buffaloes, which is 21,000 rand. So that's been it in terms of our buffalo index. On the other side of this, we get into the main topic. The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. 
Welcome back. This is the Business Buzz. Remember that you can keep in touch with us on Facebook. We are Vow FM. That's Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page uh, that is Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at Vow FM. And then our hashtag is hashtag uh, Business Buzz. So for today, it is the last Thursday of uh, February 2020. It is our first uh, brand new heavy, heavy sorry. Uh, that is the time of the month uh, where we celebrate a young person in South Africa. Africa, uh, 35 years and below, who is uh, doing uh, the things in uh, their industry. So for today, we are joined by Bongani Frank Masilela, uh, who is a uh, Vitz University alumni and actually calls himself an entrepreneur, casual traveler, and a backpacker. He is the chief executive officer at Chamong, uh, which is a social enterprise uh, specializing in debating, public speaking, consulting, and leadership training. Uh, they actually focus on preparing school learners uh, for the 21st century of work, academia, and business through inno- uh, innovative uh, educational products and services. And then uh, their offering also includes online learning platforms uh, with, that actually seek to teach skills such as critical thinking, uh, communication, and problem solving. They've worked with organizations like ABSA, and uh, he's also an editor at Backpackers, which is a multimedia publication uh, following afro Millennial, you know, those are African millennial travelers as they seek adventure through Africa. Bongani, how are you? Uh, good in yourself. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, on uh, today's show. Uh, but, uh, you know, for the people that are listening, especially the Vitz community, mm-hmm. uh, can you just give us a little bit around, uh, you know, your academic background? I understand that uh, you were in development, uh, you know, studies and the like. Uh, so can you give us that background? Okay, uh, so I started studying at <clears throat> at Vitz in 2014, mm. and I did my undergrad in uh, BA, and I majored in political science and history, yeah. and then I did my honors in development studies, so politics, economics, research, labor, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, my interest was always in looking at ways in which development policy uh, can uplift young Africans in particular, yeah. uh, and it's also linked to my passion of working in education. Yeah. So. So yeah, the, uh, I think my honors degree was certainly a lot more impactful than my undergrad. <laughs> I barely remember anything from my undergrad years. Yeah. I used to skip lectures all the time. I can't remember attending tutorials. Oh, wow. My marks were really mediocre in first yeah. and second year. And then in third year, I was like, hey, I need to you're wake smart. Up. And then I woke up because I, <laughs> I wanted to get into honors. So yeah. work really hard in third year. And then honors um, is where my true passion lies in terms yeah. of my educational background. Yeah. Um, before, before you got to Vitz, uh, what's the story? How did, you, how did you actually end up here? Where, where did you go to high school? Where did you go to primary school? Where were you born? <laughs> no, let's take it all the way back. Okay, so my uh, my very today is my mom's birthday, by the way. Aww. So it starts with her, I guess. Yeah. Uh, very unlikely encounter with her and my dad. They met in Palaboro and Limpopo. Yeah. I was born in Libuahum in Limpopo. Yeah. And then I moved to Mpumalanga um, in a sm- to a small town called Malelane, where yeah. I grew up with my grandmother for the first five years of my life where I would um, harvest the vegetables that I'd end up eating yes. in a couple of days time and yeah that was that was like the first 
five years of my life, moved to Joburg in 2000, um, and I lived in the West Rand, and then I moved to the south of Joburg, which is my hometown in Alberton. Yeah. And I went to a school called Brackenhurst Primary, and then Waterstone College for high school. Um, parents threw me into private school with all the boots and so on, and yeah. it was quite an experience. And um, yeah, my high school years were really, really great, and I remember always having a keen passion for entrepreneurship but not really understanding what I could have done in high school I had all these ideas like um, should I start a landscaping company and do people's gardening should I do tutoring and all of that stuff but it never quite clicked in high school so my biggest takeaway from high school is friendships (laughs) travel and athletics more than anything else Yeah. yeah So the business, uh, uh, Chumong, how did that end up uh, starting? Was that uh, something that was informed by your formative years mm-hmm. or uh, something that came later on? So when I got to Wits University, um, as I mentioned, my undergrad is like a huge blur of skipping lectures and <laughs> tutorials, yeah. which no one should do, by the way. Yes. I really, please do not yes. skip that He's stuff. not encouraging this I'm, behavior. No, it's horrible. <laughs> it's bad. I regret every yeah. minute of it. But I joined the Wits Debating Union on the first day of orientation week. And then I did debating, represented VITS for about three and a half years. The first six months was amazing. I made a nationals final and then I lost the final. And then the next two years after that was horrible. It was a dark period in my life of making finals and losing, making this final, losing top 10 speaker, losing another final. Ah. So it was a pretty dark period um, of learning though. You know, I, I took a lot of lessons from that. And then in my third year, University, um, myself and my partner Bilon um, Lovu won the Pan African Debating Championships, yeah. uh, in, in uh, which were held in Zimbabwe that year. And uh, home country, pardon? No, no, that's home for me. Oh, yeah. are you from Gweru yeah, yeah. by any chance? I went to school in Gweru actually. Yeah, that's where at Midland State University. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, so cool. that's that's where we won the competition. It's the largest debating competition in Africa. Yeah. And throughout that period. There's, there's Wait, this before you continue, so are you saying that at that time, yeah. you and your partner were like the best debaters in Africa? In Africa, Yeah, I also won the Pan-African Public Speaking Competition that yeah. same year. So that night was a really great night. Uh, <laughs> so all those dark years. All those dark years culminated <laughs> in this one championship evening yeah. where we, be, we were crowned African champions. Um, and it was an incredible, incredible moment. Um, yeah, highlight of my university um, journey entirely because I always tell people that my actual degree is debating yeah. and not oh, any, like any that. of that other stuff that yeah. I studied. So, but what we're doing during that period, there's this industry that exists in Joburg, right? It's like a shadow underground industry that no one knows about where yeah. university debaters are often hired by private schools to come and coach their debating teams, right? Really? Uh, they pay top dollar for it. Actually, you're right because I did debate when I was in university and yes, we would go and adjudicate exactly. Ah, exactly. Okay, yeah. So in Joburg, it's a very lucrative industry. All right. In Cape Town, so-so. And then the rest of the country, people like university students don't even get paid for that type of work. Yeah. So what we realized, and I, w- I was a coach as well. My co-founder, Tamipo, was a coach as well. And we realized that debating gives 
high school learners, school learners, certain skills that they'll need to thrive in the 21st century. So yeah. the World Economic Forum calls them the uh, competencies of the 21st century. That's critical thinking, it's problem solving, communication, collaboration, yeah. uh, citizenship and social awareness. And the sixth one is coding, right? Yeah. Debating offers you five out of uh, six of those skills. And those are the first five that I mentioned. Everything but coding, essentially. Yeah. And so we realized that this industry of private schools hiring uh, university-level coaches gave them even more of an advantage as far as education goes because now their learners were getting the 21st century skills um, that kids in government schools weren't getting. Yeah. So we then decided to start Timung. Initially, as a company that created debating programs for quintile one and two schools, so those are some of the poorer schools in South Africa, by partnering with companies and large organizations that have CSI funds to disperse to programs like programs like that. And so we worked with the Ekuruleni municipality, and in our first Pro, um, program, they paid us in coffee mugs and diaries and that was it. We're doing it for passion. Um, and I, I still have the mug to this day, still have the diary to this day, haven't yeah. opened it up. Um, and then in the second project, they gave us like two grand. We're like, oh, snap, okay. <laughs> Which was like very, very humble beginnings because now two grand would uh, it's like our airtime budget. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's, mm. yeah, so very humble beginnings. And then in uh, 2017, we started working with APSA. Yeah. And that really catapulted our work to the next level. Yeah. And then we started working with Constitution Hill, um, Nelson Mandela Foundation, Weber Wenzel, the NBA in America, oh. uh, when they came to Africa, contracted us to do some work with young people as well. Yeah. So we've worked with all of these amazing organizations that have an interest in giving young people 21st century skills. And so our goal was to bridge that inequality gap between private school kids yeah. and government school kids. And yeah, essentially, we've been able to achieve that with 3,500 youth in the last Four years that is actually quite amazing but i now have to ask after being paid in uh, in coffee mugs <laughs> once upon a time and yeah. two thousand rand now being your uh, airtime budget etc <laughs> um you don't have to tell us the numbers you can if you want to. <laughs> but as a business show we need to know are you guys making money yes yeah. um it's 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 been an incredible last four years yeah um with ups and downs so for example 2017 uh, we started the company in 2016, right? Very humble beginnings. And then 2017, I was nearly financially excluded from vids. I was actually one day away oh, from wow. being financially excluded until my mentor came along and paid half of my debt, which was a lot of debt at the time. Yeah. And so from then on, I was able to pay my tuition, able to support myself. Um, and then we started investing in hiring staff and all of that stuff. So it's been an amazing last four years where all of the, the money that we've made, the profits that we've made, we've been able to plow back into product development um, because we're trying to move away from just being a company that creates debating programs, but to become an, a full-fledged educational company for the 21st century. So it's been an, can't reveal the numbers, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we're not a listed company but um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah we've had incredible partners who have um, given us huge um, sums of money to be able to carry out the work that we want to carry out and 3,500 kids in four countries is it's, it's yeah it requires a lot of capital yeah <laughs> 
Okay, so in terms of I guess the business model, yeah. um, you know, what do you get what what actually goes into it? Like mm. uh because you said that, you know, the three thousand five hundred kids mm. in the four countries, what are we looking at here in terms of I guess the cost structure? Is it travel? Mm. Is it uh is it traveled? Is it um getting professional speakers to come and hold classes? Like what mm. is it what, what what goes into it? So it depends. We have a number of we have different types of programs mm. at Simung. Um, so for tournament programs, for example, so let me give you an example. Last year, we expanded our APSA project to the entire country, right? So we're able to run the project in all nine provinces with about 500 kids. Yep. That program, typical, uh, typical expenses are traveling, so flying out to different provinces, um, catering, printing, yep. and hiring of staff. So finding university debaters in those cities uh, to come and adjudicate teach and coach um, at schools in those cities and those towns and villages and so on. So that's what a a typical cost structure looks like. We also have monthly overheads, but yeah, the clients don't need to know about that. Um, But yeah, it's largely uh, labor, um, printing, transport, and catering those are that's for a tournament for holiday programs it's basically the same thing minus the travel expenses which aren't so expensive for holiday programs okay so just switching over uh to the the founding team yeah Uh, can you just tell us just around uh you know how many are you you've already Mm -hmm. said that you the partner that you had when you guys were the best uh, uh debaters in africa is that who you started the business with? Funny enough, not. But uh. now she's a permanent employee at the company. Oh, wow. So okay. she's one of the managers. Yeah. Um, my co-founder is is a guy called Tami Powe, who yeah. is actually the guy that signed me up to debating in 2014 ah. um, during orientation week in that big white tent um, <laughs> next to uh, those those uh, next to Great Hall. He signed me up and said the two most important things in your life will be debating and God. And I was like, that's really oh, bold wow. of you to assume. Uh. And he was right in the end <laughs> so he and i were debating partners at about two tournaments first one we didn't do so well second one we did well then we started simung yeah. the third partner is called uh busi mkumbuzi and yep. at the time she was studying at uct and only moved to johannesburg in 2016 moved mm. back to Joburg. she's from soweto originally and what she was able to do in simung was to professionalize the business because what Tammy and I had was the talent, we had the curriculum, we were able to build partnerships, but what she, what she was able to do was to professionalize the business, uh, everything from our finances, operations, but especially our marketing and branding. Yeah. So in order, which you know we're really, really proud of, we've got incredible documentaries on YouTube from all, every single one of our programs, and those were her ideas, and um, those are some of the things that she guides. And obviously, marketing and branding informs whether or not a client will want to work with us or not yeah. uh, for example she ran created a whole social media strategy and when we started working with the Nelson Mandela Foundation the CEO actually DM'd us on Twitter and asked us to meet up to create a program for the centenary so those are the sort of things that she was able to do yeah. um, really catapult our business to the next level and yeah without the three of us combining our talents we never would have gotten where we are now Okay. Yeah. Before I go for a break, I'm interested to then know, like, what um, your growing up life must have been like. Like, were you... Okay, because I understand the bold assertion that, you know, debating God. (laughs) Uh, But growing up, what type of uh, environment did you grow up in? 
Um, because it's my mom's birthday. Yes. I wrote a long Facebook status where I was oh. listing all the things she taught us. And <laughs> growing up, it, it, I think moving around so much as a kid yeah. informed a large part of my current character. So living in Mpumalanga and working, tending to my grandmother's piece of land, for example, um, taught me a lot about work ethic. Yeah. Really taught me a lot about work ethic. My grandmother hates laziness and uh, sloth behavior uh, uh. and all of that stuff. So she made me a very industrious person. Living with my parents, uh, my father's the same as my grandmother, because that's his mother, I guess, must have traumatized him the same. <laughs> uh, he's also very yeah. big on work ethic um, and excellence and uh, a high standard of excellence and performance and so on um, growing up with my mother she taught me a lot about leadership and taking responsibility which is very critical and important especially when you're running a business uh, when you're leading a team and have to work with clients and then growing up in the south of Joburg prepared me for it gave me a love of traveling which is okay. one of my biggest hobbies right now because the south of Joburg is probably the most multicultural part of Johannesburg entirely mm. right you have all 11 cultural groups in South Africa you've got people from all over Africa you've got Portuguese Greek Lebanese communities who are there Chinese communities who are there um, Indian communities who are there and you grow up around all of these cultures that form a very keen interest or that yeah that, that it, it sort of formed a keen interest um, in me um, to want to see the world and understand it a lot more because the South gave me like a microscopic view of what the world looks like yeah and it, it just yeah, it inspired me to want to see where all of those guys came from. Yeah. And so, um, it, and because it's multicultural, it also helps you navigate different cultures, especially in business when you're working with people from other countries as well. So, yeah, there's Mpumalanga, there's my parents, and there's the south of Joburg. Okay. So, eh, it's been, yeah, that was, that was a lot of information to take in. <laughs> uh, but we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back on the other side of this. This is the Business Buzz. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. We are with our brand new heavy for the month of February. Uh, that is Bongani Frank uh, Masilela. Just giving us um, just some history, uh, some uh, background into his life and their business, um, which actually uh, is doing quite a bit. Uh, he won't disclose, but he's saying that, you know, they're, 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 pretty, they're pretty healthy uh, from, uh, from a balance sheet point of view. Uh, but uh, I now have to understand um, from you, how much reading or content consumption do you do? Uh, because when I was in high school, I used to go and watch a lot of uh, a lot of debating. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the traditional uh, three three on three sort of uh, type debating, mm -hmm. opening, middle, closing arguments, and the like. Mm -hmm. But then when I when I then went to university, mm -hmm. it was parliamentary style yeah. um, debating, which was like another world on its own. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I learned in my brief time, you know, doing debating is that you sort of have to come, you have to just know a lot about a lot, mm. you know, so that, you know, what people throw at you, you're just able to um, have a, at least some type of an informed opinion. So mm. what, what, what do you consume or when you are at the peak of your debating, <laughs> right? What, yeah, what, how do you keep up with it all? Um, sure. At the time, 
what I liked is uh, about my time in debating is that I was reading a lot of things that I like and a lot of things that I don't like. Yeah. And that's really, really important because it gives you a, a broad view of the world, of trends around the world, and so on. So, for example, one of the reasons why debaters are prized by consulting companies like McKinsey and Boston Consulting Group yeah. is exactly because of that. Debaters are always reading, yeah. uh, and not just reading politics, not just reading economics, but you have to know a lot about healthcare, you have to know a lot about education, um, technology, law and governance, engineering, all of those things, mm. uh, because you're always given a topic 15 minutes before, prep for 15 minutes, and then present a seven-minute speech yeah. on something that you might not be studying. Mm. So that really incentivizes a culture of reading a culture of plugging yourself into the world um, and that's an incredibly important skill for the 21st century where yeah. your degrees aren't going to count for much anymore but what <laughs> will count is how adaptable yeah. and flexible you are and that requires a lot of reading and consumption of information um, from stuff that you like and stuff that you might not like mm. Mm. so what are you reading at the moment books wise Books wise, uh, there is a book called The Startup Way yeah. um, that I'm reading right now. And it's about how companies can constantly innovate and uh, maintain a, a startup culture no matter how big they are. Because a lot of the time, the mistake that companies make is that once you've passed maybe three or four years, you start treating yourself as this large mm. thing, this boring, bureaucratic, solid thing, as opposed to going back to the principles and values that got you to where you are, which is flexibility, adaptability, experimentation, and testing things out in the market. So this book, Startup Way, um, speaks to that. Just like keep that culture of the startup alive forever and ever. And a lot of large companies do that, such as Amazon, Facebook, and Google. They still treat themselves like they're only two years old, mm. um, like they're desperate for our attention, um, and so on. So yeah, the book is quite valuable in that regard. Are you still debating? No. Oh, heavens no. <laughs> I, left, I left three years ago, as yeah. of this year, yeah. in 2017. Debating is it's such a weird space, man. Like, you either leave very early, or you stay there for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and there are incredible people who are still debating at the age of like 35. Um, last year when I was working in China, there was a guy at the company I was working at, which is a debating academy. He's 46 and he still goes to debating tournaments, yeah. right? I, on the other hand, at the age of 22, decided that because I'd won what I wanted to win, got what I wanted to get out of the sport, it was time to leave and work with kids rather. Mm. So it's been three years. I don't know if people, you know, the, the the listeners can hear it the way I'm hearing it in the studio, but this man projects his voice very well. Like, you know, from the begin from the beginning, I was like, no, there's no doubt. No, this man is a is a debater. There's public speaking um, training that's going on here. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have time for like? fun and friends and like <laughs> <laughs> because you've told us about uh you know the growing up yeah. i guess uh, the support that you had at home yeah. so what type of uh, circle do you keep around you uh the circle is i i, I it's very small but broad okay so i have my friends in the south of Joburg. those are the guys i grew up with and yeah. i try to see them once every three months yeah. but i always always try and see them yeah. and then there are the friends that i went to university with and i see them probably once a week or once every two weeks but in terms of leisure um 
our our project season usually starts around about this time, so Feb, March, and only ends in October. So during that period, there's not much time for rest, except I always go out for burgers at Hudson's in Parkhurst on Friday afternoons. That's like a tradition of mine and my friends. Oh, wow, okay. The burgers aren't that great, but the vibe is. <laughs> but, um, and then in December, I, 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 I prefer to travel. So traveling yeah. is, a, is a very, very big thing for me. In 2018, myself and my friend, Dumim Paranyane, who we run backpackers together backpacked through east africa and then basically documented that entire thing created a blog and we're dropping a podcast soon on our traveling exploits yeah. um last year i lived in china for two months and then i went to the great wall uh skipped work for a couple of days to do that um so i'm very very big on traveling every december from 2015 to 20 I was 18 I was in a different African country mainly because of debating so um, Zim Ghana Namibia lost my passport in Namibia oh, wow. spent seven days partying while they were sorting out my passport <laughs> and then uh, so yeah very big on traveling for leisure do you know how many countries you've been to I counted the other, don't ask me why I took out my passport yeah. I, t- I took it out the <laughs> other day and started counting yeah uh, 16 now 16 yeah uh, where, okay, so I'm guessing the majority are in Africa. Uh, four, three in Europe, yeah. and then majority Africa, yeah. one Asia. One Asia. Yeah. So you, Asia. so none of the Americas? None nah, of, none America of, keeps eluding me for some reason. Uh-huh. Uh, it just keeps, like, every time there's an opportunity. So two years ago, the NBA wanted us to go and do work in New York. And because I'd lost my passport in Namibia, like, nine months before, I forgot to replace it. It just never occurred that I needed to replace my passport. Yeah. And so they hit us up and said, in four weeks time there's a thing happening so i was like oh my god need to get my passport and my passport only came the day after the project started so america just keeps eluding me it keeps eluding you yeah i'm (laughs) waiting for bernie to get elected (laughs) (laughs) how has traveling and uh i guess exposing yourself uh to all those different parts of the world um perhaps informed um the way that you either run your business or the Mm -hmm. lessons that you um teach um the kids that are on your courses for me it's what it's what it's done for me personally is remind me that the bag or the pie is big in south africa but it's much bigger in other parts of the world yeah so with any business that you run you want to have global ambitions and what traveling does for you is that it exposes you to how other people work how other people live and how you could potentially work in those countries and markets at some point in time what it does for the kids I, I, I think having, you know, programs that are centered on global educational trends yeah. um, is very, very important because we're trying to create um, African youth who can compete uh, in the globe. And so it's very important that they see the people who are training them and creating their curriculums as people who are worldly themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's very, very important for us. Uh, what it's also done is that it's, it's gotten us to design our programs with the end goal of getting kids to travel. So, for example, at the end of our academy classes this year, we're taking kids, some to the UK, some to the Czech Republic because oh, wow. um, we really think that exposure to uh, tertiary institutions in other countries and mm. debating circuits in other countries is very very important so yeah I really want to take the experience that I've had and then sort of yeah, package it and give it to as many young people uh, in our programs as possible how far do you see uh, Timon going uh, like I guess your dream or as a as founders as a group like where do you guys see this thing going i think the dream for 
and I'm not sure if I'm speaking for my partners, but for me personally, it has to be bigger than us, right? Yeah. Um, and I see it being bigger than anything we've ever dreamt of in our entire lives. What we would like to make of the company is we'd like to make Timung synonymous with thinking yeah. in the 21st century, yeah. right? As soon as people think of the word think, or as soon as they think of 21st century skills, as soon as they think, um, you know, how are we going to prepare kids for um, a future that is uncertain, they need to think of Timung. That's yeah. just basically what we want to achieve. And we want to be the ones to drive that goal. And at some point, like I said, the company might be bigger than us and other people might have to um, step up uh, and, and, and run the company uh, or we might continue running the company. But for for its entirety for the entirety of its lifespan it has to be synonymous with thinking thinking yeah okay so that's uh wangani saying that he wants uh they want their company to be synonymous with 21st century thinking and mm-hmm. uh, when you think the word think yeah then you should be thinking of them uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back on the other side of this you're tuned in to the business bus Welcome back to the Business Buzz. We are rounding up our discussion with our brand new heavy, uh, Bongani Frank Masilela, uh, who is a uh, one of the founders of uh, Chimong. Just before uh, the break, he was telling us uh, how they um, want uh, the company to have an impact and to be synonymous with the 21st century thinking. So our tradition here on uh, the business buzz is that with all our brand new heavies, uh, we want to know what do you want your legacy to be? Ah, okay, three things. Okay, great uncle. Ah, great father. Yeah, I don't have any kids yet, but one day. Yeah, but the final one is, um, I one day I dream of working in public service. So ideally, being minister of education. Yeah. And my legacy, um, whether it's in private sector or government when I'm like 40 or 50, is just someone who had a huge impact on creating an African way of teaching and educating. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of faith in the work that we're doing in Simung right now. I have a lot of faith with the thinking that schools in Africa are doing right now. Um, a lot of thinking that governments are, are, are doing right now. And I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to monopolize the, the narrative on transforming education in Africa, but I want to be one of the team players in the 21st century who are the reason why 100 million kids can think critically, 100 million kids can code, 100 million kids can do any job, uh, no matter what the qualifications are, simply because they were given the right skills and that I was a part of that. So, uncle, father, and educational legend (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so that's been us it's been a very interesting discussion thank you so much to our brand new heavy uh, that is Wangani Frank Masilela uh, who is one of the founders of uh, Timung it's a very interesting business simply because um, in all my years doing this show I've never heard of anyone uh, making uh, turning public speaking, debating, and uh, those type of skills into a business. I think it's uh, quite innovative. Um, The other thing that I uh, particularly liked uh, was the fact that he admitted that um, debating is one of those things that sort of forces you to have to consume a lot of content. And interdisciplinary content, it's not just economics, it's not just technology. You Mm -hmm. just have to have, just have to read, you know, all across the board, healthcare, um, education, any 
anything and i think that's one of the best things about it broadening your mind and i think it's quite great that they are working to actually bridge that gap um, between um, some of the skill sets that are typically found in your public school, in your private school, sorry, mm-hmm. and uh, bringing them out um, to uh, public school um, environments. And the other takeaway um, is uh, the fact that um, there's certain skills that once you have it, because I think no matter where he goes, when he speaks, you're gonna hear that he projects and he speaks. I told him off air that he speaks in a very measured way. Uh, <laughs> he keeps pace, right? It's 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 fast. It, he speaks, you know, it's a good pace, mm-hmm. but it's 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 measured and it's and it's the same tone. And I'm like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been it. Uh, thank you so much. How can people get in touch with you guys if they want to work with you guys or perhaps uh, find you guys on? line um so either visit our website uh linkedin is also pretty great so bongani frank masilela uh tamipoe who's my partner busim kumbuzi who's my partner as well uh they can also email um email us at info at or my email address bfmasilela at timung.co.za okay cool anything but instagram (laughs) (laughs) so that's been it you heard uh, that's how you can get in touch with them anything but instagram uh, that's uh, that's what you say but follow us but follow us yeah Yeah. so that's been it in terms of today's show thank you so much to bongani for uh, joining us and being our first uh, brand new heavy uh, for the year of 2020 and just blessing us uh, with his presence and his knowledge so that's been it remember that you can follow us on social media we offer our film that's voice of viz and you can also find our other Facebook page that is the Viz Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VARFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. Uh, you can also find our podcast on iono.fm. And remember that our other content is on viz.journalism.co.za uh, forward slash business. So that's been it. Thank you so much to our team. Our uh, technical producer is uh, Kotluano Serame together with our executive uh, producer, um, Glory Mabuza, together with our our producer Antando. So that's been it. Remember that you can catch us next time and same time, same place next week uh, for more insight into the world of business. Definitely make sure you don't turn that dial. Uh, coming up next is the team from Living Electro. So for myself, Mudio Mob, Justice Gavaza and the team, it's good evening and take care. Mob Justice on the Business Bars. The Business Buzz Podcast.